0: with a uh, word of prayer. Father, we just uh, come to you today, God, just thankful thankful that we get to come and worship you. Father, we thank you for the sacrifices that the men and women had given for us to have that freedom. God, we never, we never go without uh, mentioning that to them. Father, that we're thankful. We're thankful for the price that they paid. Some of them was the ultimate price. Uh, God, you give me a word today, Father. And not only was it for me, I just hope that it was for somebody else. God, and I have... Out that that is the case so father i just ask that uh you just replace my words with yours and god you just show up and show out like you always do every sunday we love you and we praise you it's in jesus name amen and amen i uh <clears throat> man this is still every time i get up here i don't think y'all understand uh how much of a humbling moment this is for me every time that i get to come and share god's word with you um My mother-in-law just reminded me of that. She goes, I never would have thought you'd be doing this, (laughs) son-in-law. I'm just kidding. She didn't say it like that. Um, Yeah, who would have thought? Um, The title of today's message kind of goes along with that, uh, and that is A Mighty Warrior But. But what? What? So, four weeks ago, um, kind of just my roller coaster. I went to the doctor and some of my numbers didn't come back where we thought that maybe they should, or where I would like for them to be. Um, <clears throat> so, kind of made some changes uh, over the last four weeks. Uh, cut out meat, cut out dairy, um, quit dipping. I didn't even drink a beer when I mowed my yard the last time. Um, <laughs> Four weeks in is, a, is not easy thing. Started fasting, doing the Daniel fast. So obviously during fasting there was obviously some spiritual growth and hopefully some physical growth. And in hindsight, if it does fix the numbers, I know that it only takes four weeks to get them back right before I go to the doctor the next time. <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, but man, just this, uh, this story. We're going to be uh, in 2 Kings chapter 5. I'm gonna let y'all get there. We're gonna be in all of it, uh, all of chapter five. Um, <clears throat> this is one of those stories that I love. I love the story of Naaman. Every time I'm struggling with something, um, I go to this story. I taught it to a youth group one time, and it's just every time I read it, there's a, something new that I get from it. This case was no different. Um, It is called The Living Word of God, and I believe that this story is the epitome of that. I think no matter what circumstance we're in, where we're at in our walk, where we're at in our life, something will pop out in this book, this story, whatever story that that may be, that can speak to you in that moment. Uh, We are firm believers of that. So in this one story, uh, you're going to hear words like boldness, healing, faith, obedience, pride, pride. Humility, wrath, curses, salvation, and even baptism in 27 verses. If you're not familiar with it, I highly encourage you to go back and read it. Uh, We're going to read it today, obviously, but one of those words that I mentioned is is the word pride and why I mentioned that. Sometimes pride is tricky because it can disguise itself as humility. Humility. People, I say, oh, you know, you, you know, you're you're, hum, you're the you're humble. You know, you you walk in humility. You're the most humble humble of the humble, and you know, you start buying into that. And you're like, why? Yes, I am. I'm am the humblest of the humble. <laughs> and that's not where it should be. I had a uh, y'all hear me talk about a friend of ours, Mason Lafferty. Um, he goes to the Church of Christ down the street, and we serve together on the board at Christian Warriors Ministry before the church. And uh, we used to mow this man's yard, and uh, he called me one day, and he said, hey, uh, so-and-so wants me to, want your number so he can text you and and thank you. And I said, man, that's not, you know, that's not why we do it. That's not why we mow this man's yard. He was a quadriplegic, uh, wheelchair-bound, couldn't do anything for himself. And uh, he told me, he said, man, he said, you're going to give that guy your number because all he can do is thank you. So what you're doing is actually being prideful instead of humble because you're blocking that man's blessing. So I learned a lot from that, uh, and maybe you did too. So we're going to be in 2 Kings 5. Hopefully you've had a chance to get there by now. Uh, Amen. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read through it. Um, I know it's 27 verses. I know that may be a lot to some of y'all, and it may not be. But uh, we're going to get into it. So this is in 5. It says, The king of Aram had great admiration for Naaman, the commander of his arm, army, because through him the Lord had given Aram great victories. Though Naaman was a mighty warrior, but, there's the but, he suffered from leprosy. At this time, Aramaean raiders had invaded the land of Israel, and among their captives was a young girl who had been given to Naaman's wife as a maid one day the girl said to her mistress i wish my master would go to see the prophet in samaria he would heal him of his leprosy so naaman told the king what the young girl from israel had said go and visit the prophet the king of aram told him i will send a letter of introduction for you to take to the king of israel so naaman started out carrying as gifts 750 pounds of silver 150 pounds of gold and 10 sets of clothing The letter to the king of Israel said, "'With this letter I present my servant Naaman. "'I want you to heal him of his leprosy.' "'When the king of Israel read the letter, "'he tore his clothes in dismay and said, "'Am I God that I can give life and take it away? "'Why is this man asking me to heal someone with leprosy? "'I can see that he's just trying to pick a fight with me.' "'But when Elisha, the man of God, "'heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes in dismay,' he sent this message to him. Why are you upset? Send Naaman to me and he will learn that there is a true prophet here in Israel. So Naaman went with his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. But Elisha sent a messenger out to him with this message. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River, then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. But Naaman became angry and stalked away I thought he would certainly come out to meet me he said i expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the lord his god and heal me aren't the rivers of damascus the abana and the parfar better than any of the rivers of israel why shouldn't i wash in them and be healed so naaman turned and went away in a rage but his officers tried to reason with him said sir If the prophet had told you to do something very difficult, wouldn't you have done it? So you should certainly obey him when he says simply, go and wash and be cured. So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God had instructed him. And his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. Then Naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of God. They stood before him and Naaman and said, now I know There is no God in all the world except in Israel. I am not going to read the next 12 verses. What I am going to do is go back to 14 where it says, So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times as the man of God instructed, and his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child, and he was healed. All of that led to that. Why didn't he just do it? What? Well, say it louder. Proud of Two of the words I mentioned earlier, right? When I said that, I know that some, some of y'all are going through things. Um, like I said, I've been going through some things myself. Uh, the last four weeks have been a roller coaster. Luckily, this was one of those situations where I felt God had prepared me for a situation of something that he was going to eventually ask me to do. Um... Most of the time, we feel him ask us to do something, and then, well, let me pray about it, and then the situation presents itself, and then you kind of just, you're obedient in the fact of what he's asking you to do. This was a little bit different. Uh, I put my hand up for a new position at work, and this was about two weeks into the four weeks, uh, kind of just the roller coaster up and downs that we were going through, and um, the butt is something that I always go back and look at. You know, I used to always say to myself, you know, you know Bojo? Yeah, he's a good guy, but he's got demons. You know Bojo? Yeah, I do. He's a good guy, but maybe he drank a little too much. You know Bojo? Yeah, I do. He's a good guy, but. Even if you were to ask somebody yesterday, hey, you know that guy, Bo? Yeah, I do. He's a good guy, but there's always the but. There's always something that's going to identify you other than what God has already called you to be. <clears throat> so when he's asking you to do something, do not let the opinion of others, what somebody else says, what somebody thinks, more importantly, what you think of yourself, Get in the way of what God's trying to get you to do. <clears throat> so, like I said, four weeks go by. We know we're struggling. Things are going up and down. I felt myself walk in God's favor and get kicked in the teeth by Satan just as much. Um, in case you haven't noticed, the people that stand in front of you in this pulpit, we're, we're real. We're humans. We struggle just like y'all do. We got rough times, bad times, good times, families, friends, careers, church, y'all got a lot of problems too. If anybody in this church that stands in this pulpit tries to say that they're anything other than a real person in any church, run. I had a gentleman comment the other day he basically called me and heart the antichrist <laughs> false prophets he said false prophets because micah said dang and i think we both used the word suck up here <laughs> i know i did i didn't hear micah say it um, but this is what got me this is this is what triggered all of this, something that's God asking you to do because other people are gonna get in your way. He goes, you are no better than the sinners in your congregation. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad? You know, I don't know what kind of picture that his pastor paints. I'm sure it's nice and colorful and rainbows and unicorn farts. That ain't this church. Aren't you glad you got a leadership team? That is humble enough to say, I know I need Jesus as much on my best day as I do on my worst. Amen. Enough to love on you and comfort you, pray for you even when we're struggling. To show you that Jesus is the only way in a world that does suck. It sucks without Jesus. And I think that was the point that Micah was trying to make. Uh, there's always going to be naysayers. Our job is to, let, to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus to have that encounter with him, his grace and his love and his mercy. And if I can sum up the gospel any shorter than that, y'all let me know and I'll do it next time I preach. Um, but I'm going to break down some of these, uh, some of these verses. Uh, in, in verse 1, where he's talking about the but, you know, Naaman was this uh, great commander, great victories, but he had leprosy. So that is the modern-day HIV virus back then. Uh, Lepers were outcasts, secluded. It was very highly contagious. Um, So I asked him, you know, I always ask myself the question, why him? Usually when I ask that question, why him, it turns around to why me? Um, Most of you have heard me say that the biggest fear that I had Uh, When I did change my life is that somebody that I did know from 20 years ago would walk through that back door and go, God, what kind of church is this when he's standing up there? And now they go, man, what kind of church is this when somebody like him is standing up there? Because it's not me. Everything that I've gone through, everything I've done is because at some point in my life, God knew that I was going to obey. I was going to be obedient to him and his calling on my life. That's the end of it. That's why somebody like me with a past that I have can stand up here and tell you about God's word. Because my past is no different than yours. So in verse 2, it says, At this time the Aramean raiders, they invaded the land of Israel and they uh, held this young girl captive. Um, So I want you to see something about this young girl and her faith. So what she says is in verse three, it says, one day the girl said to her mistress, I wish my master would go to see the prophet in Samaria. He would heal him of his leprosy. So she is professing her faith. It says, so Naaman told the king what the young girl had said. And they said, go and visit the prophet. And he talks about the letter that he was going to send. Um, there again, he's already starting to obey. You know, when you hear something about this prophet and God, uh, this prophet healing people, um, it was a big step for him. He was a pagan. That's a big step for him in obedience to go and try to see what this prophet was going to say. So we're going to jump down to verse 7. It says, When the king of Israel read the letter, he tore his clothes in dismay. So religious uh, obligation among Jews to tear one's clothing is a sign of grief or horror and outrage over blasphemy so here we see the king he does it uh, because he's been asked to perform something which only God can do he knows that so in his eyes that's uh, you know it's such an outlandish request even he says um, at the end of seven he's just trying to pick a fight with me so that's such an outlandish request to ask him to do these things that he thinks he's trying to start a fight with him So in verse 8, it says, when Elisha, the man of God, heard the king of Israel had torn his clothes, he sent this message to him. So even Elisha knew that the tearing of his clothes, that is a very, that's uh, that's a significant event. Elisha knows this. So Naaman went to his horses and chariots and waited at the door of Elisha's house. And then in verse 10, I want you to watch this. But Elisha sent a messenger. Go and wash yourself seven times in the Jordan River. Then your skin will be restored and you will be healed of your leprosy. You don't think God uses people? Every day. every day. Two of y'all said the same thing. Amen. Every day. Do you run when that person's you? most of the time for me, I'll be honest, sometimes God uses people. He told him to do it 7 times to dip 7 times in the Jordan. Is there any coincidence why it's 7? completion, perfection. I think here this is even talking about baptism. He knows that he's fixing to have to dip himself. So in verse, we go on to 11. It says, And Naaman became very angry, stalked away. I thought he would certainly come out to meet me. I expected him to wave his hand over the leprosy and call on the name of the Lord his God and heal me. He wanted him to call on his God to heal him. He wanted him to wave his hand over it and make it disappear, just like we think God is the Just this magician that just waves his hand over things and makes it disappear. Now he can. But what do we do? God, if you'll do this just one more time, I'll start going to church. God, if you do this just one more time. And he does it. And the next time it happens. God, if you do this just one more time, I promise this time I'm for real. And he does it. this is where we get into our, we want things the way we want them. We want them on our time. Verse 12 says, Aren't the rivers of Damascus, the Abana and the Parfar better than any of the rivers of Israel? Why shouldn't I wash in them and be healed? So Naaman turned away and went in a rage. We want things done now. I mean, we live in an age siri hey siri who's the 12th president of the united states from thoughtco.com zachary taylor November anybody know that me neither Was the 12th of the all right that's enough <laughs> we want it now i mean amazon's got two days shipping next day shipping they're shipping stuff with drones. Uh, don't get me wrong, we got a grocery order at Walmart getting pulled right now. <laughs> so don't think that we don't take that's right. So don't think we don't take advantage of it, but man, let God work. Let God work in His timing. His timing is perfect, and you are just a mess, and you're just going to get in the way. Uh, Matthew 4 go to that first slide Nick Matthew 4 and 19 it says Jesus called out to them okay so they're fishing they've been fishing all night they see Jesus and red come follow me and I will show you how to fish for people and they left their nets when at once, at once. again with our timing how many would you have been oh, man let me let me go let me go tell my wife by well, I know some of y'all would have just jumped in anyway without telling you. <laughs> let me go tell my kids. Let me tell my mom. Let me tell my dad. Let me at once. They knew who he was. There's some of you. Don't get me wrong. I love y'all. But there's some of y'all. would. If Jesus walked in that back door right now, y'all would argue with him. <laughs> That's right. He's going to make you uncomfortable. And he does this here. Something that's a simple request, you know, of where to go down into the Jordan to dip seven times. So in Naaman's mind, he's already trying to tell God what he thinks he should have told him to do. Why couldn't he have told me to, to dip in this river or that river? Um, how many of you have a swimming pool? A couple of you? How many of y'all remember, well, it's called Bringle Lake now, but it used to be waterworks? Mm, come on. That's like saying, hey, why don't you go dunk yourself in waterworks seven times? You might catch a a virus. (laughs) But here's this nice swimming pool. There's no healing in the nice swimming pool. There's healing at waterworks. He just told you where it was, but you want to argue with him. So in verse 13, it says, I want you all to catch this too, but his officers tried to reason with him and said sir if the prophet had told you to do something very difficult wouldn't you have done it so you should certainly obey him when he says simply go and wash and be cured who you surrounding yourself with who you surrounding yourself by I know my crowds changed a lot this changed even since we started the church this is the seasons that we talk about the seasons of life that have you bouncing back and forth you have to surround yourself with people that you can trust that boldness of his servant is somebody that he surrounded himself with i mean this is a servant this is is somebody that's beneath him telling him hey if this had been something huge you would have done it so why wouldn't you do something just so simple so minor something that he's asked you to do, why don't you just do it? We've had people in my life come at me and say, man, this is easier than the road you're going down, but you got to choose to do it. Who you surround yourself with is very important. We see that in Mark 2. Four men arrived. This is the story of the paralytic. Four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, whose faith? Their Their faith. Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. Why didn't it say, You are healed? because of his friend's faith. There's a saying, you know, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. That's that's a bold and very impactful statement. But it does, it means a lot, Um, especially when you grow up and the people that I surrounded myself with, I'll be honest, they're not the people that I want surrounding my 16-year-old daughter or my 8-year-old daughter that's coming up behind her. And uh, I think that's a fault of my own trying to raise her. And I've had to tell her this is because I'm sorry. Anybody that walks through our door, I don't trust them a bit. <laughs> I don't. I trust her. But I don't trust the boys or the girls that she brings over. Because I was that guy. I was that guy that walked in. Hey, Mr. and Mrs. Morris, how you doing? You have me? And Kenley, we're just going to go out and hang out and went and did whatever we wanted to do. Of course, that was before we could track every move, and (laughs) which, uh, but that's no fault of hers. That's my fault. And that's not fair to her friends, uh, but I'm sorry, it's just the way it's gonna be. Life ain't fair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, and I, We tell our kids about things going on. We don't want them to grow up in a bubble. Um, But like Will Harris said earlier, I mean, this church, uh, not even this church, you know, if you just took the walls off, this is the church, the community, the love, the just the praying over everybody, that relationship that we've built inside these four walls that we carry outside, that's the church. So having those like-minded people in your corner, guys, that's, it's imperative. I don't know any other way. Uh, I've actually told this to uh, Tristan and Bryce. You know, when we see friends of theirs, Matt and Kennedy, I don't think they're here. Y'all need to get, they ain't been here in a couple weeks. Y'all need to get on them, by the way. Um, I remember leaning over to Matt and just told, telling him how thankful he should be. I mean, Tiff and I were in our 40s before we met friends like they have in Tristan and Bryce. Um, And speaking to Tristan and Bryce and Kyle and Taylor, those are our youth pastors, so if you have youth-age kids, there's your plug for youth. Y'all bring them on Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We have Bible study in here also, uh, but I just wanted to throw that in there. Those people that have befriended an older couple are the ones that are teaching. My daughter's one of them. Um, I can tell her a hundred times one thing. And all Bryce has to do, or Taylor has to do, is say something once, and it's written down in ink. Um, Have those people in your life that you can depend on. So in 14, it says, So Naaman went down to the Jordan River and dipped himself seven times, as the man of God instructed him to do. So he finally does it. He finally swallows his pride, he finally humbles himself, and he goes and he does it. And what happens exactly what he was told what happened his skin became as healthy as the skin of a young child and he was healed so now what happens verse 15 then naaman and his entire party went back to find the man of god they stood before him and naaman said now i know there is no god in all the world Except in Israel. That's salvation. That is his salvation in that moment. Sometimes it takes a a true encounter with God for some of us to finally just say, All right, that's enough. I've had enough. Whatever I'm doing is not the right way. Some of us are hard headed. I was that way. um, until I had that encounter with Christ Himself, I always knew that there was some somebody else, that there was a God. Uh, I think it takes that personal. Again, it's a personal relationship. We say that all the time. Once you have that encounter, now you have a choice. Every day when you get up, you got a chance and a choice. Donald told us that, didn't he, Tim? Choose wisely. Choose wisely. So we didn't read the rest of it. What happens is, is, uh, so one of Elisha's servants named Gehazi uh, becomes very greedful. Pride creeps in again. Um, And at the end of chapter, let's see, or verse 17, uh, Naaman asked him, he said, if he could load two mules with the earth from this place and take it back home. So back then, pagans believed that a god could only be worshipped on native soil. Now why, I don't know. I didn't do a whole lot of digging into that. Um, but when I talked about getting in the way, saying, you know, I, you know, I'm a good person, but every once in a while, you have to swallow your pride. Swallow your pride. Do what God's asking you to do. True humility is when you only concentrate on making God happy. There's another, I have in quotes, I don't know if it will say, I don't know if Micah said this or not, it's it's pretty smart, it doesn't sound like something he would say. Um, So true humility is when you know you had nothing to do with the outcome. True humility begins when you come to the realization you had no influence on the outcome of a situation. like I said, I know some of us are going through some things. Because of the community we share with each other, um, I'll kind of just talk briefly about my situation. A couple weeks ago, uh, I was working, and one of the women in our office—I work with a bunch of women, y'all—we um, <laughs> don't have to ask what's going on. We get volunteered information on the regular, and something came up and. This lady said something to me that, this, that she had been asked to do something, and so what happened is, is our safety coordinator was leaving, which was going to create a hole for another woman to take that position, and they were looking for somebody else to fill her spot. And so I hear about this, and I'm like, now wait a dang minute now. What about, I was like, what about me? I didn't feel slighted, I didn't feel jaded. I probably was going to if I didn't get asked. But then I thought about it, what if they don't know? So I saw the safety director in the office and I said, hey man, I said, so you're just gonna leave like that? She goes, yeah. I said, well why didn't I get asked to go over and dispatch on the other side? She goes, because you, you don't want to dispatch on the other side, you wouldn't make it over there. And I said, ah, that's fine, I know that. I said, I want your job. And she said, oh, Wow, never thought of it that way. So that was on a Tuesday or a Wednesday. Thursday comes around. Daryl's not here, is he? He's not here. He's not having a good day. I could already tell when he walked in the office. Uh, my bosses go to church here, just in case y'all know that. That's not why I got the job, though. <laughs> it may have had a little something to do with it. Um, Boss comes in. I could tell he's having a bad day, and I walk into his office. And I said, "Boss, can I have a word?" He said, "Yeah, what's on your mind?" And so I shut the door and I told him the same thing I told you. I said, "You know, I don't ask about what's going on around here. So we get told some some things." Um, I said, "But if this is in fact true, I was like, you know, I'd like to throw my rope in the ring." And uh, he was like, "All right, yeah, I never would never would have guessed." I said, well, I'm a firm believer that if I don't tell you, you'll never know. I said, so now you know. So I threw my rope in the ring, and I ended up catching the bull. And uh, last Monday, uh, I started training to be the new director of safety at Livingston Trucking here in Texarkana. And um, again, with the roller coaster, the ups and downs, walking in God's favor and getting kicked in the teeth by the devil at the same time, Uh, Monday and the last week goes by she's not very organized Um, I did the same thing three different ways the other day which is fine I don't say there's nothing wrong with trying to learn something different Um, but it's because we distracted and went somewhere else and then came back and did things a different way she's worse I think she has ADD worse than my wife The good thing about that is my wife never had to teach me to do anything, <laughs> so this is going to be a little different. Uh, Friday, you know, again with the roller coaster, we caught news. Um, my mother-in-law put a put her little Yorkie uh, down that used to be my daughter's, and then my parents buried one of their horses. Um, so, like I said, it's just been a roller coaster. So back to being real pastors with real problems and to get a comment from somebody that uh, doesn't go to church here probably doesn't even watch online he saw some probably seven second clip it that kyle put on there and they want to say you're no better than the sinners in your congregation and i say amen, amen. to that so if you are being called to do something do it No matter how big, how small it is, don't go through all the stuff that we just read. He's going to reward you for your obedience. I promise you that. So if he's telling you to do something, do it. I'm going to call the prayer team and the worship team up here, and I'm going to close with this. As James 4, 6. And he gives grace generously, as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Go ahead on verse 10, Nick. Humble yourself before the Lord, and he will lift you in honor. Humble yourself, swallow your pride. When I finally did that, once I finally humbled myself, I gave him room to work. i could literally feel him moving in my life so much in fact to where the greatest compliment my wife has ever given me was i can see god working in your life and that was very profound statement so the more the more that i felt him moving the more i began to pray the more i prayed the more he moved The more he moved, the more I gave him, and the more I gave him, the more he took.